Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. I'm Jeff Meyer, your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach. My goal with this podcast is to help you identify and clarify your own dream by taking wisdom from others' successes and challenges. If you're looking to take action on your dream, to make a difference doing something you love, but your fears are holding you back, then this podcast is for you. If you're interested in finding additional support, you can also check out my Dream Accelerator coaching program designed to help realize your full potential and reshape your future. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator program at jeffmeyer.org. Using my Dream Accelerating formula, heart-centered entrepreneurs can focus on their dream, name their fears, change their mindset, define their next, and move forward anyway. All right, welcome back, fellow dreamers. It is good to have you back in another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast. I'm excited to introduce you to this uh, young man uh, from Arizona, uh, Tim Allman. Thank you so much, brother, for being on uh, my podcast and for sharing a little bit of encouragement for people who are uh, wanting some encouragement in their dreams and mm. encouraging to pursue um, what God has put on their heart. So thanks again for joining us. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, I know. Uh, Tim Allman, husband, father, uh, leader with the Unite Leadership Collective, uh, pastor at Christ Greenfield now for about 10 years. I'm a third generation Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod pastor. And uh, yeah, I have I have big dreams um, for our church multiplying not just churches, but, but leaders. And um, yeah, 20 campuses in 20 years is our kind of stretch dream right now. And uh, with all of the leaders for those respective churches being raised up within our, within our congregation. And so, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time to be a Christian. Jeff, it's an honor to get to know you and um, yeah, be on your podcast today. So that's a very high level High level who I oh and I finished I guess my doctorate in organizational leadership man getting across to finish with a thesis was uh, a bear but with the help of the Holy Spirit obviously and and Christ's body I, I got across a couple years ago and I've been doing a lot of writing on uh, the traits and characteristics of pastors who collaborate in mission that's a mouthful but the hypothesis is we should work together more so and how do we fan into flame the dreams of others. Uh, rather than just our own dream, uh, obviously leading toward the big dream of multiplying disciples in anticipation of the return of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me, um, tell me the genesis of this dream. Where did it start for you? How did it get sparked in you to want to raise up leaders and uh, leaders that will start ministries and start churches and collaborative work with the body of Christ? Where did that uh, genesis? Where did that dream start? Yeah. So I'll give you law and gospel. <laughs> um, <laughs> the law is that I sensed in myself this uh, very early on that because of, I don't know, the force of my personality. And um, if, if you talk about the Enneagram, Jeff, I'm a, I'm a performer. I'm a three. And mm -hmm. so I've never really met a microphone or a stage that really freaked me out from my youngest years, which is just kind of strange. Also an, an athlete, you know, as a football and baseball, mm -hmm. basketball player in high school and then played college and blah, blah, blah. So 
understanding the shadow side of every gift and recognizing I could really mess up my life and the lives of others in a, in a pastoral leadership role, unless I consistently was about bringing other people to the table on the platform, identifying gifts and, and falling in love with development rather than the show. So falling in love with the grow rather than the show. Right. I have to tell myself that like all the time. And, Mm. and I think just with the, the case studies, I don't want to be a stat of a pastor that, you know, flamed up and then fizzled out because there was little accountability. There are little people who could challenge. Um, and, and I mean, the quickest way to grow a church is to orient around a personality. And we, we see that, and I don't want to be one of those, one of those personalities. Mm. Um, I, I desperately love not only the words and the work of Jesus, but the way of Jesus and how he released the mission. <laughs> and then, I mean, Philippians too, like if anybody had the right to say he was the man, it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yet he humbled himself to the point of death. And then Luke nine and 10 deployed uh, the found to go reach the lost and the sending of the 12 and the 72, which are like key life stories for me. So I guess just the shadow side of my personality uh, one, but then the gospel of of leadership development genesis for me is that I saw in my dad and just like the legacy of faithfulness day in and day out, Sunday in, Sunday out, uh, you know, showing up so Jesus can show off, bringing, you know, uh, my dad's an amazing communicator, Jeff, and getting it's discipleship is more caught than taught, just catching, yeah, I thought it was my dad, it was the Holy Spirit, right? Catching the Holy Spirit in my dad's life as he was consistent, both, you know, at home and then, and then within the church, the wider church as well. So um, yeah, I pray that's a little bit of my background. He's still, he's transitioned out of now full-time ministry, doing a little podcast stuff and daily devotion, daily truths with Dave Allman, you know? So I'm actually listening to that. I've been reflecting. I interviewed my dad last week, uh, for a couple nice. different podcasts, but I want to archive those for my kids and grandkids. Right. Absolutely. And, so they can hear his voice and yeah. Yeah. I'm listening daily to his five, um, five minute little daily truths walking through the book of Matthew right now. So yeah, there's a shadow side in me, but then kind of the, the legacy and wanting to faithfully uh, steward that kind of family legacy. So your, your ministry, you're a a pastor like I am, and you're doing things outside the local church like I am. Um, Talk to me a little bit about, I get a lot of people asking me all the time, how do you, how how does your church allow you to do all this stuff outside the church? And it's a puzzling thing for a lot of guys. They would like to be able to do something um, out uh, outside of the local church, but they feel compelled to just stay within the walls and care for the the that local church where they are particularly called to participate in. And um, how tell me about your journey? You've been at Christ for. 10 years. years. So talk to me about how that has emerged and how your leadership is on board with you using your gifts more broadly. Yeah. Um, it takes time, right? And yeah. time, time equals trust. Uh, and early on in our story here, it was all Christ Greenfield. 
24 seven, um, bringing a sense of continuity, a vision, who are we, where are we going, how well are we loving one another on our way to there. Our board governance evolved in that time from a little mm-hmm. bit more of a loose policy governance, a little bit more personality-centered approach to now we're a strict Carver governance model. We had, not every church really could or should do that. Um, we have a lot of leaders who can govern with one voice around policy who are on our board right now. And so our board has basically said, not that they have to tell me this based on policy, that they informally have said like 25, 30% of your time, Tim, can be about Unite Leadership Collective, uh, consulting, building cohorts of congregations working together. They obviously read my thesis, which is this dream of circuits working together more consistently um, uh, and and bringing more people to the to the table. And so, whatever whatever I need basically to um, to do that, they said yes. And at the same time, this is all about development. If Christ Greenfield is not well cared for, if we're not well shepherded, if the people and the systems are not in place so that, hey, when there's a, not just a visitation, but there's a marriage in crisis, you know, that, that we Mm -hmm. have, we have people who are there. I just was blessed to get a brand new uh, partner and I don't like using associate or senior, blah, 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 but um, he's, uh, he's probably 80% of his time is kind of reactive shepherding. And that's where his gifting is. Mm-hmm. And about 80% of my time is, is proactive vision and culture conversations. And so it's all about team. And then with the number of like for Advent, I'm just getting down to brass tacks here. Like for Advent on Wednesdays, our deacons and vicars are preaching. I think I'm only preaching one as I'm gearing up toward Christmas Eve and all of that. I think I'm only preaching like maybe two Sundays, two out of the four in in Advent, I love to preach, Jeff, and I also love not to preach because uh-huh. it requires it requires yeah. a lot, you know, uh, the yeah. the preparation and the energy expelled on a Sunday morning four times, you know, all that. It's a big deal. So now to have a partner who's a real at our Gilbert campus, who's just an epic communicator of the gospel, that's so so kind of freeing. So yeah, I guess I'm I'm answering your question. It just takes time, and if the Lord has not put that in your heart, don't. If this kind of yeah. apostolic calling has not been placed upon your life, like don't force it. It's not your calling. Just be faithful yeah. uh, to shepherd God's people where you're at. But we've not unfortunately set up set up the system where folks who have this kind of higher level church angst can both stay connected to the local church and then shape churches working together. So I don't have any desired district presidents and whatever, man. I I think we lose our way when apostolic leaders are disconnected from the local church. And so I have the blessing to live that kind of dual reality right now. That's amazing. Um, That apostolic calling is something I really resonate with. And I have found in my journey that it's been something that has caused conflict uh, in people, people that, that are in the local church. It's caused conflict with our, with my denomination denominational leaders that want me to stay in my lane, which is a shepherding role. Um, they've they've isolated the calling of pastor to a shepherding role. Your job is to preach, administer the sacraments, and visit people and take care of them. And that is not my calling. That is not what God has stirred in my heart to do. And so there has been a, a constant um, tension within this system with my calling. Have you experienced that? 
two. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And by the grace of God, I am in a very healthy circuit and a very healthy district where my district. So just so the listeners, just so the listeners understand a circuit is a a regional local um, collective of churches, seven or eight in a city. We have seven in our city in Madison and a district is statewide or sometimes because we have multiple, uh, we have so many churches in certain states. Some states have divided, like we have North and South Wisconsin. You have a Southwest um, region. uh, And so it depends on the particular leader of that district as to what is approved, (laughs) blessed, encouraged, or trying to squish and push down. And um, so, yeah, let me, uh, thanks for letting me interrupt you. Yeah. So our district, our district president, Jeff, um, a regional guy says we're a connector and we, the district does some things for local churches, but we're going to connect to a number of these uh, auxiliary ministry organizations like Unite Leadership Collective or 5-2 or Link. These are other within our denomination, other groups, entrepreneurial groups who are working to mm-hmm. really, when the rubber hits the road, what does the pastor and the church need to help take their next step to, to grow in health and, and maybe multiply disciples and ministries? So uh, we're, we're at the table as one of the, one of the menu of options as our church body hears. And we don't feel like we're competing with like the districts is doing this or the, these kind of mm-hmm. outside the church people are doing that. Like that's, we don't play, we don't play like that in our, in our region. So praise be to God. And I, I lament that in some, in some regions, those who have been placed kind of as that Bishop over, you know, dozens and dozens of churches may not share that same, that same heart. That's a bummer. Yeah, it is. It's very unfortunate. So when, when you have, let's just back up and let me ask it this way. Have you experienced resistance to your dream? Um, And resistance can be external. uh, It can also be internal. Talk to to us a little bit about the resistance you have dealt with in pursuing your dream of seeing collaborative work, seeing leaders multiplied. You know, you're talking about vicars and deacons preaching. Well, that kind of uh, effort here got me into into hot water. Um, It wasn't blessed. So what kind of resistance have you experienced? Yeah, so I'll start internal, then I'll go external. Um, imposter syndrome, which is the voice of mm. Satan. <laughs> like, who are you? Like, what are you? Yeah. You don't have anything yeah. to offer. Like, no one's going to listen to you, man. Like, you, you've you got, mm. if people really knew, like, you know, the shadow mm. said the mass being a performer, who is the real you, you know? Are you the real? So, yeah, I mean, there's there's resistance internal all the time. Um, And then external resistance right now is twofold. One is a lot of pastors and churches, as we come alongside to listen and learn, are pretty apathetic and um, overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And the overwhelm has led to this kind of general apathy. So like with engaging churches, it's a slow, it's a slow go in terms of building out the networks of churches that that can work together. We experience this incredible growth, not just numeric, but 
from a culture perspective in working with um, Leadership Network and their accelerator, a year-long experience of churches coming together every quarter uh, to take the right next steps and building their leadership development pathway. And so we were just like lit up on this. Leadership Network gave us their blessing. Here's kind of the curriculum. You make it your own in your own in your own denomination. And uh, to actually live out collaboration between churches and building systems that could be shared between churches, the resistance with a lot of pastors is one, well, we already, we already have our, you know, our discipleship's organic or something like that, which is like, nah, it, there's little intention when you say organic, bro. And then two, mm-hmm. there's this insecurity. Like, I know I should be doing this. If people really get under the hood, like, uh, you know, I, so I feel shame maybe. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's a slow go in building trust between congregations. It does not happen overnight. Um, and then some other resistance in our denomination is, is denominational leaders being wedded to, uh, the the how we form disciples rather than being open to to new ways uh, that we're kind of pioneering right now we can be institutionally seen as a threat and uh, so i could just say well we we believe that there's different ways to form future leaders that's highly contextual less expensive mentor team based and uh, and that's in partnership with our group called Kairos University and the Luther House of Studies there. I can go deeper there, but this this kind of model to keep a high level, this kind of model is seen as as threatening by some who are in positions of influence, uh, presidents and, and otherwise. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So when you hit that resistance as a leader, how have you managed to keep on and not pull back, shrink back? Um how have you been able to play scared? <laughs> you know, yeah. how have you been able to, the name of the podcast is move forward anyway. You keep right. moving forward anyway. So how, what has helped you do that? Man, I got so many friends, <laughs> you know, people that mm-hmm. I, that I hang out with, uh, who don't see me as pastor Tim or leader, blah, 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 that just kind of see me as Tim. And so there's this posture, like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, let's paint, let's do worst case scenario. And the worst case, because I have friends doesn't feel that scary. Um, And people that aren't close to me, because I have close friends, they really can't hurt me that you don't, because you don't know my heart. If you've not spent the time to get to know me, um, then, then if you say mean things like on, you know, on social or, or even in an email from somebody that we just have kind of a more of a surface level, you've you've developed kind of a persona of who I am rather than knowing my heart and my true desire to see not just our church body, but the kingdom of God at large expand and doing, as Paul says, becoming all things, all people to win some like this is God's given me this not just apostolic, but evangelical heart. And and uh, those that are closest to me know that. And that's Jesus obviously knows it. Um, Jesus knows my shadow sides as well. And he still loves me. And, (laughs) and at the very same time, like I got, I got a safety net, like more leaders. I think they, they resist going after bold dreams because we believe the lie that a pastor can't have friends. Like my dad actually learned this, Jeff, when he was going through the seminary, be wary of of having close friends in the church. I learned it. We were told not to not even be wary. You shouldn't have friends. Toxic to the human soul, Jeff. How, how do we even how do we even uh, build discipling relationships if we can't 
have friends. Yeah. I mean, that's I've where said, it gets worked out, right? It gets, that's where, that's where faith and life gets worked out. It gets worked out in relationships. That's right. That's right. If um, like Jesus had friends, <laughs> I have not called, like, let's just go to Jesus. Like uh-huh. I'm not, I've called you friends. Everything that the father has revealed to me, I've made known there's nothing about who I am and my mission that I'm, that I'm holding back from you. No. So if Jesus invited others, like why can't a pastor invite invite those? I got I got a friend named Ryan, and he goes, "I'm not going to be in church leadership ever." And he's deeply in love with uh, our Lutheran confessions. He's very he's a multi generational on the education side type of a leader, and and Ryan just says, "I believe the Lord called me here five years ago. We go back to college. I believe the Lord called me here just to be your friend, Tim." I you know I can't well, tell um, you how how invaluable that is for me. Wow. That is amazing. So community, real authentic community is so important to being able to move forward anyway. Cause there's certainly, there's gotta be certain times that in the darkest places of your pursuit, you doubted, you got discouraged. You wondered if it was going to work. Um, and maybe even, maybe even thought of giving up, quitting, pulling back and community that keeps cheering you on and believing in you and investing in you and having someone that would say that, that I believe I'm called to be your friend. Um, remarkable. Yeah. I, I I'm think talking, I'm mean, preaching on David and Jonathan on Sunday. We're entering a month of just looking at relationships mm-hmm. as the core to living in the neighborhood is neighboring in neighboring life and um, covenant relationships like David and Jonathan, they actually made a covenant promise to each other. And we rarely do that. How cool would it be to actually have so many, have friends that actually say, you know what, I am with you in this, no matter what, let's shake on it. Let's, you know, um, it's a tremendous promise that keeps us moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, to give some language to pastors maybe, or or just a leader in general who feels isolated, just pray and ask Jesus, they're in your corner and Mm -hmm. ask Jesus Ask who, who could I invite in simply as a friend and then go to coffee, grab beer, whatever, go, go with that person and say, Hey, I just feel from time to time, like um, in a in a glass bubble. Ministry can certainly feel like a glass bubble. It's a kind, friendly bubble, but I just feel like I don't have anyone that I can really just talk to. So could we covenant to just be friends and not necessarily partners in ministry here? Um, there mm. are so many lay women and men who would love to do that for, for senior leaders or for any leader. Um, Hopefully that's yeah. kind of helpful language. Yeah, that is great language. And not only for pastors, but for anyone who's pursuing a dream. Yeah. Um, you, you don't do this pursuit alone. There, there's just no way. Um, we yeah. need we need friends that will covenant can, with us. Can I go deeper into that? Like, yeah. this is not, I, I'm a big pronoun guy, Jeff. Yeah. This is not about me. This is... Mm. This is about him, and then it's about our work together. Mm-hmm. We is always smarter than me. 
So, well, yeah, I got some people that are, they're, they're championing what God is doing. And then they're championing what the community is, is doing. And I get to play a very small part in God's grand vision. I don't have, I, my grandpa's voice, don't get the big head, son. You know, this isn't about you. (laughs) He would say that after a football game, I was a quarterback or whatever. You see, I don't, yeah, you did good. Good thing they caught the ball, right? Good thing they blocked, right? Um, Yeah, right. (laughs) So, so it's not about you. It's about, it's about Christ. And the last point on this, in terms of the dream, I really view whatever Jesus is doing in us as a part of the infinite game. That really has no end into the day, the big D-Day when Jesus returns to come. So in the infinite game, Simon Sinek, my desire, you should look at the book, but I'll give you the basic tenet. My desire is not to win. My desire is simply to stay in the game and run with perseverance the race set out for me. Uh, So that gives... Like there's no end, like, and I'm never, I'm never going to arrive. And that kind of frustrates people, I think, but for, in my mind, it's this, it's this building up and it's, yeah, it's the kingdom of God, you know, uh, being yeah. built in anticipation of, uh, the fullness of God's kingdom coming on the last day. So. That's amazing. It just keeps, it just keeps going. The goal is to keep playing. It's not to win. We, we talk about this in Neighboring Life. Um, the goal is not to convert. The goal is to, the goal is to just continue the conversation. That's right. Right? And the spirit does the converting. Um, kind of the same thing with the dream. If, if someone's thinking about this from outside of a, even a, outside of a Christian perspective, and you're thinking about your dream, it's to stay in the game, you know, and to continue to play, to play the infinite game, not just uh, win. Um, because if that's the, if that's the goal, then man, I, I mean, I remember, I don't, I think it was Brett Favre after he won uh super bowl. It's like, that was the whole goal. That was, I mean, that was the whole goal to win and the super bowl. And who am I? The Monday after, yeah, and the Monday after that, he's like, "What? What's left? What is there?" And it was just an emptiness after the big, the big game. You have arrived, but there's more, right? There's so much more for athletes. I mean, make it to 30 years old professionally, and then you're done. You know, then what? So we're in this thing for life, and we have to find a way to continue to play the game, to continue in the conversation. My, my, uh, one of my favorite verses, and I bet you'll like this one too, is Romans five, love Romans. Um, and we've been walking in a series right now through it, but Romans five, three, three and four, and, uh, rejoice in your suffering in that or glory in your suffering, the struggle. I mean, the suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and hope doesn't disappoint because it's rooted in the hope giver, his name is Jesus, a crucified and risen one. So in our in our world right now, I think it, for leadership, just think of it in reverse. Uh, when, it, when a dream doesn't get, you have this vision of something happening, but then it doesn't get realized, you lose hope. And then sin is what man curved in on him or herself. My character becomes all about me. You give in to all of the isms, right? The hedonism, the consumerism, materialism. You go after all these small G gods. Uh, your perseverance wanes, 
And then you could even view suffering as God turning his back on you rather than God, God shaping you. So I really am learning, I think with the apostle Paul, I'm learning to rejoice in resistance or some form of suffering, um, mm. knowing God's doing a, a work in me that will never be completed until, until he returns. And I hope for that day, you know, that's so otherworldly though. That's a, that's also a gift given, right? It, we, we can't get there by trying harder. Nope. Um, I want to rejoice in suffering. I got to try harder. <laughs> uh, it doesn't work that way, but so um, I want to, I want to zero in on Kairos and United for a minute. These two um, branches of your overall dream systems, you might call them platforms, pursuits. Um, tell me who are the who that are Kairos and United are designed to reach and what's the why? So what's the who and what's the why? Yeah, so the who is um, a pastor says, this is our kind of persona as we're thinking about it. He's roughly my age. I'm 41 to, to 50. And he still has a semblance of a dream, maybe of planting a church or, or multiple churches from within his existing uh, organization. But he doesn't he doesn't know the the how of that taking place. He's he sees a number of these uh, types of ways to develop disciples within our congregate or within our denomination, lay leadership development. There's been very little attention given to that. And so we're we're coming in and offering a very loose kind of foundation of a, a pathway. Some people say funnel. Um, I like Pat. No one wants to be in a funnel, right? I, that seems like a toilet <laughs> funnel, but like a pathway toward yeah. um, building a building a bench of the way we articulated is serve team members, leaders, coaches, and then and then directors. And once you get to director, this is when you may start to differentiate between like those who understand systems and kind of the the back office leaders to help a church continue to thrive organizationally and then uh the the youth leaders the the deacons the evangelists and and even pastors so that there's there's a way um forward for them and i think i don't know why we've made um leadership development often non-spiritual you know I, I see mm. like leadership development and discipleship as kind of two sides of the same coin. We're working with a church right now who differentiates. There's a Peter approach, which is the the stay within the system approach. He, he stayed in Jerusalem. And then there's approach for sending, the Pauline approach uh, for sending. So mm. even kind of different, more discipleship on the on the Peter side, just local um, for the sake of this organization, this church. And then the Pauline side, this is all about multiplication and, and sending. Our, our structures right now in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, our denomination, have not been set up well for rapid multiplication. And so this is where, this is where our partnership conversation with uh, Kairos University and the Luther House of Studies enters in. And if listeners want to know more, we recently recorded podcasts on American Reformation podcast and then Lead Time podcast which maybe if you got show notes or whatever you could reference, you could go deep with the executive directors there on what competency-based theological education is. So it allows an accredited degree, mentor-based, 
high content, but it's a balance of these three C's. And this is what I love. And this is what often, if you're, if you're solely sending off to residential education, uh, two of these C's may get missed or not identified soon enough. So the first one is content head and our institutions do that very well. Uh, but we are not, uh, brains on a stick. I heard once, <laughs> you know, we are holistic, holistic beings. So content, but then lo locally we get to identify character. Do they have the fruit of the spirit is the fruit of the spirit shown in their life? Um, integrity, et cetera, just a work ethic. Do they have a drive that fits kind of our, our culture? And then the, the third one is craft. So do they have the gifting? Uh, Second Timothy two, two, like find others who can teach, raise them up to raise others who can who can teach. Did they have a a respective gifting to do whatever the ministry job requires? And unfortunately, um, if we solely rely on sending, I would say, okay, this is I'm going to tease something else out here. A lot of times, and I'm saying this with all love and respect, um, a lot of the pastors that we develop have one of two career choices. All right. Uh, pastor or librarian. And I'm being a little silly here. Mm. We fall in, we fall in love with books, mm. you know, and maybe our love for developing people uh, wanes from time to time. And so that's a little bit of the big the big vision. And now we're we're basically running a pre-seminary seminary program out of our out of our church. I have five bivocational vicars right now. We're hoping that um, they get colloquized into the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. They're, they're going to be amazing bivote as many of them can be vocational pastors in time. Um, but again, the resistance is it's seen as not collaborative, not partnering with the current institutions, but competitive, competitive with. So yeah, that's a little bit more of the why we do consulting. We bring cohorts of churches together. And then once they develop their upward draft of leaders, there's a certification pathway for them as well in partnership with Kairos and the Luther House of Study. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot to take in. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Tell me why this is so important to you to do this. <laughs> why are you doing this? What gap? What gap in the current reality of things are you filling? What problem are you solving with this dream? Yeah, I don't think we've really understood the apostolic calling placed upon the Apostle Paul's life. That in his last moment, he's dying in a Roman prison, going to be beheaded here soon. Uh, an awful experience, uh, awful way to close your earthly life. He's writing a letter to one, to one guy, Timothy. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, mm -hmm. my vision, my vision is, uh, and I don't know if, if leaders articulate their, their life mission. I've been placed on planet earth to disciple, discover, develop, and deploy hundreds of pastors who uh, multiply the gospel through millions in time uh, of other leaders, multiply the gospel to millions of people. So from just a few, can I, in my life, I've been blessed right now to, to partner in discipling about 30 vicars, both internal and then according to our normal model. Um, yeah, could that get well over 100 in the next 20 years? And could they have, not all of them, but could many of them have that same sort of apostolic heart. So the bigger the bigger why is 
I think pastors have been removed from leadership development all the way up to ordination. And I think that grieves the heart of God. Mm. And there's a world, there's a world in need. There's a world to reach. And yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to reach them without multiplying and right. exponential multiplication, right? We're not going to do it by addition nope. or in our case, subtra subtraction. Right. Um, wow. That's great. <laughs> well, keep it up, brother. I am proud to be on board with you and to be in your camp. And um, yeah, thanks for this time. I I want to ask two last questions. This next one is, what do you want to say to someone who's listening to this that has a dream but is a little bit afraid or their internal resistance is keeping them from taking steps forward, but the dream won't let them go? It just keeps gnawing at them, but they're not taking action. What would you like to say to them today? Find a way that you can clearly articulate it. I think to be unclear is to be unkind. And I think a lot of times the vision is there, the deeper why is there, but we've not clearly articulated it. Um, and it doesn't have to be a what necessarily. I think it really is about the driving why I was put here. Find a friend mm -hmm. who can help you uh, put down what is in what is in your heart and then put it somewhere that you can kind of kind of see it i've got you know in my my world in my uh, bedroom uh, closet area where there's a board that kind of talks who who i am right now and just be drawn drawn back to that consistently and then spent you know so then habits are you are you one who is every single day getting one do you have a growth mindset getting 1% better toward that dream, the whirlwind of life, it's going to capture you. But in your day, in your week, is there a habit of I'm doing at least something or a handful of things that are fanning into flame that like bigger dream that God placed, placed in my heart. And because I'm like I said, I'm about 30% right now kind of living in that extra church reality. That's where I feel like I'm in my sweet spot. It was just two to 5% for a while. But I'd talk mm -hmm. about it a lot with my friends and they would mm -hmm. help help hone it. And uh, and nope. and then the last word is the perfect love of God casts out fear like fear is a lot. Fear is from Satan. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really and I'm not bringing shame here. It should have no place in the heart of of the follower of Jesus. We acknowledge it. We we know Satan's attacking us. You know, if you if you have a big dream to, to reach people with the gospel, you got a bullseye on your back. I get it. But greater is he who is overcome the world and he who is within the world, you know, so Jesus is above, he's within, don't be afraid, move. Yeah, love it. Yeah, fear just gets, it just gets increased when we're, when we don't have momentum, when we're not moving, we're sitting duck for it. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, last question, how can people find out more about what you're doing? You mentioned Kairos United American Reformation podcast, which I was uh, a guest on recently. Um, you know, so um, yeah, how can people yeah. get a hold of you and find out more about what you're up to? Yeah, uniteleadership.org. And we're on all the social media uh, platforms as well YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and whatnot. It's growing, you know. Um, it's yeah. small, it's small right now, but it's growing. I don't really monitor a whole bunch of that. We got people on our team. You know, we got a couple, uh, women who are these crazy dogged, tenacious leaders 
who are keeping on with all that kind of stuff. Well, I get to have awesome conversations with leaders like you and many others. So uh, yeah, there's a, there's a team of people that every single week are, are getting together to talk about congregations, uh, put together the next accelerator um, and, and uh, talk with individuals about the Luther house of study. So yeah, uniteleadership.org is the best place. And there's a little get started. If you just go there and fill in your information or the information of your congregation, we'll get in touch with you very soon. Awesome. So it's uniteleadership.org, not united leadership. That's right. Unite leadership. No, no unite leadership. Okay. Awesome. Brother, thank you for your time. Be well. Can't wait till we actually will meet face to face. Yeah, likewise, Jeff. Um, yeah. Your gift, bud. You are too. Keep it up. Proud of you. You too. Hey, fellow dreamer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all of the show notes and links. And when you're ready to move from overthinking about your dream to actually taking action on it, consider joining the Dream Accelerator community. Our clients are getting crystal clear on their dream with our Dream Generator Vivid Description 5-Step Process. They're discovering the truth about fear and how to use it as fuel to take courageous steps in the right direction. And most importantly, they are walking a clear path forward because they have made an investment in themselves to confidently realize their dreams. The results are so inspiring. Having coaching and companions on the dream journey is crucial. Remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.